Consensus 1234 invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Cal Wilson. Thank you very much, Sweden's finest. Welcome aboard, everybody. It's me, Tony Martin. That man is Ed Cavalier. Wow, the prizes he's sitting on for today. Just wait. Okay. <laughs> Cal Wilson's here. Give her a round. Thank you, Cal. Good morning. We haven't had uh, any proper New Zealanders on the show yet. Apart <laughs> your from sister? Me. Well, apart from my sister, but she's, you know, she's going over. She's going to say the limerick. I know she's, she's going to hold her hand up and go. She's going go, over the dark side. I think she is. Listen, that's a great accent. Where are you from? I'm from Christchurch. Oh, Christchurch. I think my dad lives in Christchurch, but we're still waiting for the test results. <laughs> <laughs> Just on every mail in Christchurch. <laughs> There's only four of them. It won't oh, take very long. <laughs> You've come over and become some kind of expert on um, football here. Is that well, right? Well, I, I wouldn't call myself an expert because that's just asking for trouble when men come up to me in pubs and go, well, who won the World Cup in 1204 AD? <laughs> and, and I wouldn't know. No? Because World Cup's not even football. Isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea. I need you to educate me. Just I how have, can I, I have fallen a little bit in love with the footy. How can I learn about footy really quickly? Uh, just ask anyone about it, and twelve hours later, you'll know a bit. Ah, it's <laughs> very true. We don't have yeah. that much. The reason this program only goes an hour is because Australians cannot go for longer <laughs> than an hour without hearing about football. <laughs> We couldn't do. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I've had so many more conversations with the people once I've started to say that I'm interested in footy. Yeah. And everyone's got an amazing footy story. Have they? Yeah. Weird ones. Or, you know, like, oh, we used to gather outside his house and watch him mow the lawn. He used oh. to play for Hawthorne. No one spoke, <laughs> but we watched him. No one spoke. <laughs> See, they don't say that about radio announcers. No. <laughs> he used to do the top nine at nine. <laughs> and we just gather outside and worship. Oh. Listen to him through the window. <laughs> What about the uh, survey that's coming out today? Because, you know, I thought we got over that whole sheep thing with New Zealanders. Yeah, I knew you were going to mention that. But listen to... The country's let itself down, I reckon. Oh, yeah? The number one uh, Google search for sheep is New Zealand. So people in New Zealand, the number one thing they type into Google wow. is the word sheep. Can that really be true? Uh, I, I'm willing to believe it. I think it's just that New Zealanders are going, what are those things that Australians keep telling us jokes about? Yeah, that sheep. must be. Sheep, what are they? Because why else, why would you type sheep into the internet? What when you can just go outside and go, fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> what, I mean, what are they looking at? This? Presumably there aren't pornographic sheep sites. I'm about, uh, well, I'm, well. You can check, are you? Yeah, Google. I'm going to Google sheep. So but, but talk amongst let's yourselves. Let's be fair, and let's talk about the second, that you know, the people who Google sheep. The second, yes, are Australians. Australians. Yeah. Are we second? Yeah. yeah. There's so a lot less. Again. There's a lot less of you guys though. Are you looking for sheep porn there? Oh, I typed the word Google into Google. Oh well, that's <laughs> the t computer explodes if you do that. <laughs> Type in uh, "use without dicks." See if you get anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Freshly shorn corkers. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. Why would anyone type sheep into Google? Uh, yeah, it looks pretty dull, actually. Second most typed in word, porn. <laughs> now, what kind of person makes it that general? Who goes, hmm, looking for some porn? Hmm. I know, P-O-R-N. You don't need to do that. I was trying to research, I was writing some stuff for a show once and typed in policewoman. And then suddenly there's what happens when a hot, busty policewoman <laughs> knocks on your door. And there were like 800 sites, all of like triple X policewoman. I was like, oh, wrong place, wrong place. And what does happen when a hot, busty policewoman <laughs> knocks on your door? <laughs> she borrows a cup of sugar, someone cleans a pool, waka waka wa, waka waka wa. <laughs> Let the games begin. The most uh, typed in word on this program is Herzegova. What have you been doing, Ed? <laughs> Ever since we saw that photograph. 
That is just appalling. Hang on, you've put it up, Tony Martin. <laughs> Tony, yeah. There we go. Tony's uh, the only picture. On my side of the corkboard, there's a whole bunch of uh, pictures from the paper. On Tony's side, the only picture is uh, of Ava Herzegovina at the Da Vinci Code <laughs> premiere. Isn't that right? I think this is a picture of Berlusconi. Oh, there is a picture of Terracotta Berlusconi yeah, as well. Because we're going to have the whole office done in Berlusconi, <laughs> which is the colour of Silvio Berlusconi's face. <laughs> uh, New Zealanders are number one in typing in sheep. Number two at looking up porn, that's the word porn, and, but they're also number two at typing in the word girlfriend. <laughs> really? So sheep is really? one, girlfriend is two. That's, this is not helping the image. No, it? no, but at least it's saying they want some sort of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> that is really embarrassing. And, you know, something I said early on that oh. we would never do on this program, I said, I, you know we're running out of ideas when the phone topic is... Where's the weirdest place you've had sex? Oh, is it today? That's true for all radio Uh-oh. programs, I think. <laughs> but there is a survey. There's always a survey in the paper. Listen to this. Australian men rank first in the world for making love outside the bedroom. Hey. Just so. outside the door, like in the hallway? <laughs> yeah, <or? laughs> just pop outside to help the figures in the survey. Okay, that's fine. We all know that. But more than 9.4% of Aussie men said that they had uh, had sex in an elevator. That means pretty much How one... Many? It's pretty much one in ten have oh. had sex in an elevator. By themselves? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not much time, is there? <laughs> really? How does that work? Uh, well, the, the elevator here is, like, completely glass. Yeah, so. it's really... <laughs> You'd want to check that out before you go to the elevator <laughs> first time, would sport you? around here. <laughs> it's really embarrassing because there's other passengers, obviously. <laughs> Jeez. You wow. know, you're trying to get down to it, and it's, which floor? Which is ground? <laughs> But what is that? How does that work? Has anyone here ever had sex in an elevator? I haven't even come close. Really? (laughs) No. I don't think I've ever held hands in an elevator. No. (laughs) Is there time for that? You'd have to press the emergency button, wouldn't you? I think you just go to the top floor, would you not? Wouldn't you sort of jam it open halfway up so you'd get stuck between floors? Ah, uh-huh. now we're getting oh, somewhere. But exciting. then I would worry that it would be that Hannibal Lecter kind of thing in Science from the Lands where someone would drop through the ceiling wearing yeah. someone else's face. <laughs> that's the main, that's the, the wow. main danger, the elevator sex. That's the maniac through the roof. People like a bit of that, though, sometimes. <laughs> uh, what else in the sex survey? Um, apparently, Australian men admitted to having an average of only 2.8 positions in their sexual <laughs> arsenal. Point eight. Point eight. What's the point eight? That's the, uh, check this out. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, oh, stop, that stop, work. stop. Oh, oh. Someone's getting in the elevator. <laughs> we are 2.8 minutes over time already <laughs> here at Get This. Do you want to stick around, Cal? Sure. That's the cure close to you here at Get This on Triple mm. M. Cal Wilson has joined us. She's from New Zealand. She knows about football. She's been on Spicks and Specs. Who That's was on right. when oh, you were Leo on? Oh, Leo Say was on one time when I was on. Did he make you feel like dancing <laughs> all, all, oh, all night song? long? Was no. that him? No, was that Leif Garrett, well-known celebrity heroin addict. Have I confused? Deeply, but he did make me feel like Leif Garrett, so that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's Leif Garrett? There you go. See, Ed, Ed is from the pre-skateboard era. That was a classic film of the 1970s, Skateboard. I've seen it. Actually, I've Leif... seen Gleaming the Cube. Ooh. Gleaming the Cube is Christian Slater. the 80s version of Skateboard. Ah. See, Gleaming the Cube, I don't know, that just sounds like another term for Brazilian or something like that to me. <laughs> it finished with Christian Slater getting a Brazilian. It's incredible. It's incredible. Booger performed it from Revenge of the Nerds. Can't come in today. I've got to go and get the cube gleam. <laughs> what are we talking about here? 
Uh, Leo Sayer, fine. Yeah. All well and good. Yeah. Is he in this magazine famous? Not yet. Have you seen all these new mags that are out? They're, they're, they're great. I love trash. And Star and Famous seem to have come out overnight. And they've all got access to the same pals, oh. friends, same close associates, sources and insiders that the New Weekly how are the famous? Have. How are the famous insiders going? Well, what I can't work out is you've got Angelina Jolie and yep. Brad Pitt and about five bodyguards yep. in, a, in the most remote outpost in the world on their own. And her, like, three-year-old child. And still the insiders. <sighs> Their bulletins yeah. managed to get Maybe through the net. Good. It's the three-year-old son. Oh. He's just, you know, little blabbermouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's bugged. Listen, what are they up to? What are they? What have they uncovered? According to Famous Magazine, Angie usually gets her way with Brad because she's pregnant, and he lets her win. Says a family insider. Family insider. Man, it's the kid. There we go. The Listen, unborn child. This is a quote from a family <laughs> insider. But is this the kind of words that people use when they're talking? What is it? But although she gave him the guilt trip about leaving her during a time when she needed him most, Brad is so fed up with living in Africa that he told her he'd already arranged his trip. Angie angrily told him the baby could come at any minute. Who says that? Who says Angie angrily told him? That's Nobody. the giveaway. Yeah. They don't write in the ah. idiom of spoken words. Oh, just try and say that naturally. Oh, Angie angrily told him. You wouldn't put the word <laughs> no. angrily in there. No, you wouldn't. You go, Angie told him. Oh, she said to him. You know, you go like yeah, that. You'd but use Tony, the tone of voice. You wouldn't, so the editor's gone, I need to be, you need an angrily in there. But you know what it is? That's why you're not a family insider. <laughs> you don't have the gift to speak in the uh, parlance that will mm. translate exactly onto the famous pages. I haven't got, got that the... That slight bit of alliteration Angie angrily yeah, told him. The insider patois. <laughs> I haven't mastered it. Listen to this. Angelina wanted Africa to be an oasis of calm. See, you can't even say that. No, you can't. <laughs> Angelina wanted Africa to be an oasis of calm, away from what had become a circus of a life, oh. said an insider. Who would say that? <laughs> what kind of mental nutbag would say that? Oh, mate, she wanted it to be an oasis of calm, uh, for, away from what had become a circus of a life. Nobody would say that. Yeah, too right, mate. <laughs> That's a conversation, apparently. Listen to this. Because she's so heavily pregnant, she feels trapped and unable to do anything. She's feeling sad and upset by what she worries is a gulf between her desire to turn her back on Hollywood and Brad's yearning to get back into life in the spotlight. Whoa. <laughs> Who would say that? Who would say yearn? <laughs> Who would say spotlight? Who would say gulf of desire? I reckon it's some really old, crusty fisherman out there by himself. Hey, One of those bad. philosophical guys <laughs> would spend years thinking about that, but after he'd spend all that time thinking about it, it would be old news. Fishing but. in the Gulf of Desire. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon we've got to get an award going on this show for the oh, least great. convincing line attributed that's to great. a pal or insider. Or an insider, that's great. Who would say Gulf that? of Desire is winning so far. Gulf of Desire. <laughs> How's Shaft of Hope coming along? Oh, I've had an idea. Really? <laughs> That's I, always that frightening. Look, that look on your face. I say I've had an idea, and you sort of stop for a second and go, I cut his mic now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, this is what I was thinking. I do really want to get the Shaft of Hope Film Festival going. Explain what that is to Cal. Oh, yeah, Cal I'm feeling a little uneasy so, right now. <laughs> <laughs> just lock the doors. Uh, so, so there's Brent and Todd, you know, the, the mind dudes. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, I there's going to be a telly movie. We know there's going to be a telling movie. We know it's, it's going to be, be rubbish. Yeah, it's going to cliche city limits. So what we've done is we're trying to usurp that by having people send in th three minutes. It could be a trailer. It could be the whole thing. It could just be a black screen with voices. Yeah, it could right. be that simple. Of their version of Shaft of Hope. It has to be called Shaft of Hope, and that's it. 
I'm sending in a VHS, whatever you like, and we're going to have a film festival and it's going to be a sweet prize. That's great. So it's, you know, it was a time of wonder. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those things. Exactly. Yeah. Anything you like, Cal, you could enter. I'm not saying yeah. you get a win, but you could definitely nice. enter. The phrase that I'm uh, going back to there is uh, the sweet prize. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Ed? Because you know, nobody's going to make a movie, go to all that trouble and transfer it to some format all and right. send it to idiots on the radio unless there is a prize. All right, well, Mars Bar and I are mm. going TV shopping because I need a new TV for the World Cup to put in my room, right? That's your prize. No. What about the listeners? I'm going to get something from the electronics store to give away. Right. I called up Ed Th- last... That could be brochures or anything. <laughs> <laughs> something electronic. I called up Ed last night to give him the fantastic news that we've uh, jumped to number two. On take, the podcast. that, happy tree friends. Happy tree friends <laughs> eat our dust. Now we just have to get Gervais. Oh, yeah. We Who? can't do that. No. Ricky Gervais. No, no, no. He's the, he invented the whole podcast thing pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I call up Ed to give him the news. He goes, can't talk. I'm off to the $2 shop <laughs> to buy some prices. I do believe I said Swanston Street's finest $2 <laughs> shop. <laughs> I left my wallet there the other day. Okay, but I don't want to know yet. Okay. I don't want to know what these fabulous prizes are going to okay. be. I'm serious about Shaft of Hope, though. It's going to be on the website, all the details. Okay. Well, I can't wait to find <laughs> out what the prizes are on Get This. Forever Young, that's the youth group here at Triple M. It's Get This. Cal Wilson is with us. Uh, hey, Cal, have you ever seen that film where Steve Gutenberg does a New Zealand accent? No, what is this thing? It's called Don't Tell Her It's Me. They show it on <laughs> New Zealand TV every year now just so people can have a laugh. <laughs> We're going to be playing some clips from that on t- some clips from that. Yeah, there it goes. Uh, on tomorrow's show, uh, it's our all movies edition. All right. With Lockie Hume, he's going to be coming in. What's your favourite bad movie? Oh, um... Oh, I really love Truly Madly Deeply because it makes me cry from the opening credits till 15 minutes after it stopped. <laughs> really? It's not necessarily a bad movie, but it does make me cry, and I've seen it about 18 times. With Alan Rickman? Yeah. Are you in love with Alan Rickman? A little bit. Yeah. I don't think he's available. No, no. I think he's a bit old now too, but still, yeah. every time I watch it, ah! <laughs> Here you go. You should come in on our movie edition. Yeah. Just go, ah. I, I do cry. I cried in Rambo, though. I'll cry anything. <laughs> Rambo? They're hosing him down. Ah. <laughs> he doesn't understand. Ah. I want to see them do that fourth one. They're threatening to do a fourth they one. Are. <laughs> well, Willis around. has just signed up for Die Hard 4. Oh, so. they've got to stop. Oh. Weekend at Birdies 3. That'll be next. <laughs> just them with a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, them plastic bags? You know, the plastic bags. Oh, yes. This is uh, the news story that everyone was talking about yesterday. Plastic bags may not be as bad for the environment as first thought. A new report questions whether the cost of phasing them out is worth the effort. Now, who came up with this new report? That's Uh, the question. Impartial people, I guess. The Productivity Commission. Oh, really? Who have been commissioned by the government Uh, and have discovered that plastic bags are not cost-effective. Yes. There's nothing in the report about the environment. It's just oh, no, all no, 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 no. cost effective. No. So this has happened yesterday and uh, my wife's driving around and she, when our show's on, she listens to all the other shows because she's just, quite frankly, sick of the sound of my yeah, voice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she's just seeing what the others are talking about. And on all of your sort of Nazi uh, right-wing oh, yes. AM radio talkback programs... It's just a festival of, oh, we've been led up the garden path by the greenies. There's nothing wrong with plastic again, bags. Again, again. They're great. Yeah. There was one show with one of the fattest-assed uh, blokes on the AM dial mm. going, um, well, apparently plastic bags are great. We've got a man to talk about it with us. He's a plastic bag manufacturer. 
<laughs> so what do you reckon? I mean, do you get the green bags, Cal, when yep, you go to the yep. supermarket? But I always forget my green bags. So I end up buying another green bag. So I've yeah. got about 80,000 green bags in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and they never break down. Yeah, but I, I store them in my plastic bags, so oh, it's that's, okay. <laughs> so it's a that's happy okay. ending. So, you know, the thing is, oh, now people are starting to go. There's a person in the Australian, average person, was shown this, uh, you know, poll or test or whatever it was and uh, says, I don't want to say the person's name and embarrass them, but they no. say, oh, great, because now I don't feel so guilty about using plastic bags. So it's like the heat's off with oh, plastic sweet. bags. So it's all sweet. Yeah, apparently. And so here's what a bloke from the Productivity Commission had to say on the news last night. Less than 1% of all plastic supermarket bags end up in the litter stream. Less than 1% of all plastic bags end up in the litter stream. So that means end up oh, in, in creeks the and rubbish. So that's less than 1%, so that's probably not very much. How many plastic bags do you reckon Australians would use every day? How many do you reckon? A million? A million. So 1% of that would be, quick, do the math here, because I'm hopeless at this. A thousand? A thousand? <laughs> I don't think that's right. <laughs> I, don't I think that's completely <laughs> wrong. Wouldn't it be 10,000? Would I that be right, so. I, I guess so. I agree so. with you. So, that's only, so that would only be 10,000 plastic bags a day. If we used a million yeah. plastic bags a day, only 10,000, a mere 10,000 would that's okay. end up in the litter stream. Not bad. But are you right? Is it a, How many do we use per day? Have a listen to this. Australians go through more than 13 million plastic bags every day. Every day! What? Not every year. <laughs> Not every week, every day. 13 million. Oh, we're addicted. So yeah. the bloke from the product Productivity Commission who reckons it's not a problem, yeah. this is less than 1%. So 1%, I know we're dumb guys on this show. It's like 30,000 or something. 30,000. What about that 130,000. Oh, good. 100, but let's, he's saying less than 1%, so let's round it down <laughs> to 100,000. So only 100,000 plastic bags per day. Yeah are going into the litter stream. That's all right. That's only 36 and a half million per year. <laughs> and keep in mind, that's less than 1%. I'm sold. So I'm what happens to the other 99%? Apparently they just vanish, <laughs> according to the Productivity Commission. <laughs> Listen to how the, 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 few, the two things they came up with that were positives with plastic bags, because, yeah. you know, they're yeah, not no. all evil, no. is that um, governments have not taken into account the food safety benefits. That's you know, true. Because things that come in packets... <laughs> Could be leaking um, if, plutonium. If you've got a banana that's not in a plastic bag, who knows? Death yeah, on a stick. Well, you've, you've wasted about 100 bucks right there, haven't you, on the banana? Or their typical reuse as liners for the garbage bin. Because once you use them for that, they just vanish. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I change my litter about 40,000 times a day as well, so I get through my plastic bag allowance really quickly. So, hang on. So, 36 and a half million plastic bags a year as litter, not a problem. That's okay. I reckon we've got to track this bloke down. His name is Philip Weichart. I reckon we've just got to call him up and say, do you mind if we drop off 36 and a half million plastic bags to your house? Because apparently it's not a problem. Oh, look, have we got he away? Won't mind. Have I turned into Ben Elton in the last two minutes? <laughs> yeah, a bit of politics there. Sorry about that, everybody. I reckon we need some music. And, you oh. know, this show really is people's number one connection for music and information about music. You know it. And I think we've got to start promoting the music on this show. Yeah, we don't do that. That's the one thing we don't do. There's really great ideas for music promotion here on Triple M. Of course, the best. I thought we'd take a leaf out of their book. Great. You never know what we'll play next on Get This. It might be some old stuff. Or it 
might be some new stuff. It might be some slow stuff. Or it could be some fast stuff. That's right, we've completely lost the plot and have no idea what we're gonna play next. It might be some old stuff. Or it might be something from the future. It might be rock. Or music to make you think. Who knows what we'll play next at Get This. Shot. Oh. Hey. Want play again? Yeah, right. It could be some old stuff. It might be some new stuff. Because we've got absolutely no idea what we're gonna play next. Well, sometimes we do. The girl's happy. She's got no money. I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? We love playing that. But mostly we've got no idea. It could be old. It could be new. might even be this. But it definitely won't be Dave Graney. No, you don't. Get this. Yeah, I mean, they are very good at keeping me in touch with mm. what's going on a bit. And particularly on the sort of music front and things like that. For Census 1234 on Triple M. That's Blondie, call me. It's Get This here at Triple M. Cal Wilson is our co-host this morning. And, and Cal, we've never met before, but, you know, when you're from New Zealand, people assume you have. Everyone yes. just Oh, you've met her. People assume you just spend all day hanging out with Jay Lagaya, Sir Edmund Hillary. <laughs> Actually, I, what are you I saying? have met both of those. <laughs> and Ernest Rutherford. Yeah, he Who's was that? my mum. <laughs> he split the atom, mate. Did he? Split the atom first. Yeah. Good on him. Someone from New Zealand went, there's the atom. Not small enough. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it smaller. Come on, be nice, share. You can cut that in half. And I'll, have a bit. I'll have a bit. There's atom for everyone. <laughs> uh, what we're going to do here is normally we do Talk Back Mountain, yep. but today we're going to have Crime Watch. Yeah. And uh, I asked Maddie to come up with an ah, opening good. for Crime I haven't heard it yet. What have we got? Crime Watch! <laughs> Chips. That was the only theme chips. song we didn't have in our yeah. You Never Know What We'll Play Next promo. I love it how guitar faded into motorcycle driving off yeah. and then out into a little bit of bass leaks. That was awesome. Beautiful. And you got that kind of mental image of a woman dancing in a cage at the same time. Uh. Well, that's just me. No, no. no, that's, no. That's what was on Chips, that was motorbike cops. Yeah. Yep. And every episode would open with a truck with badly secured cardboard boxes on no. the back falling out onto the freeway <laughs> causing chaos.
da, 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 da. <laughs> boxes on the loose again. Called chips. <laughs> Called ponch. And the other one. John. <laughs> it was, really? I loved John. John. Except he lived in a trailer and I found that alarming. Really? Mm. That's the classic, <laughs> like, life's not going very well. If you ever want to show in anything yeah. that someone's not doing as well as they might have or they've fallen from grace, yeah. just visit them at a trailer. Yeah, exactly. Ma- Michael Manson in Kill Bill, he had the, exactly. s- the scummiest trailer <laughs> exactly. ever. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, what are we talking about? Crime Watch. We're looking for crime stories. What have you got here? Yeah, uh, okay. A Maroochydore woman has uh, appeared in court facing charge of serious assault after allegedly biting a police constable on the penis while trying while he was trying to arrest her. <laughs> it's it wrong. Uh, she's what? pleaded not guilty. Carefully was he trying to arrest her if she could bite him on the penis? Like, how was he, what was he trying to do? Mr. Winky's going to take this one. How, what? Constable Winky to you. (laughs) Wow, how do you engineer something like that? Not bad. Uh, The Melbourne uh, crime scene is always more colourful than than most, as we know, Tony Mock. You've got proper gangsters. Proper gangsters, and, you know, it's not a funny story at all. A man has been jailed for setting a bloke on fire to Mm. teach him a lesson. You go, okay, this inter-gangster rivalry. And you go, wow, what did the guy do that he had to be taught a lesson and set on fire? He broke into the first man's house during the middle of the night and tried to sell him a stolen kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much going on there. What, what so, so he woke up at 3am and there's a guy in his kitchen with a kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> with just, like, what is a stolen kitchen? Well, I thought he'd have to have it on a flat back truck out the front. <laughs> Dude, this fell off the back of a lorry. But he broke into someone's house yep. to sell them a stolen kitchen. That's, oh, yeah, I reckon that's a setting on fire offence. I, I, I agree. Yeah, oh, look, how do you steal a kitchen? <laughs> that's what I want to know. How do you get the eating nook under your jumper? <laughs> It's always <laughs> about the eating nook. I love an eating nook. We had we, we had one when I was a kid. It felt like a diner every morning. I, I've always wanted a sunken conversation pit in the lounge. Oh. We have a lot of sunken conversations on this program. Sunken conversation pit in a trailer. I agree. That's now a good idea. Because when I was a kid, I saw help. Remember when the Beatles lived in this yeah. fantastic apartment and they had a sunken conversation pit. Oh. That was really... Nice, but we should get one I'm of those. I'm still looking for one of those. What are, are we going over, have we, already? Uh, well, my question, though, is yes. what lesson are you teaching someone when you set them on fire? Polyester burns. That's the only thing. <laughs> Take <laughs> note, <you> kids. <laughs> These oh. pyjamas are not flame retardant. <laughs> what about the mistress of disguise? Have you seen her, oh, Cal? Yeah. No, I haven't, because she's a mistress of disguise. <laughs> boom, boom. Mistress of disguise. Uh. She could well be getting around in your identity at Indeed. the moment. That's true. The cops can't catch her. She's done heaps, hasn't she? They've got two completely useless photos of her. (laughs) What I love is the paper today. She's uh, stolen the identity of a babe. Oh, she has. So the picture of the woman has been swindled. Massive drawing of the mistress. Useless and tiny. (laughs) (laughs) And she's wearing a hoodie, so you can't really see anything. (laughs) What the mistress should do is just keep stealing the identity of busty women in bikinis. No, it's bad. And then her face... They'll never run her picture. They'll never run her picture. But it must be harder to be a woman mistress... uh, of disguise because you haven't got the whole beard moustache thing that you can no. call on. That's why you go the hoodie. Right. No. Or the burka. <laughs> or the burka. Either way. Hey, that'll get you in trouble. With the moustache drawn on the front. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been the victim of some stupid crime? Have you heard about some stupid crime? Have you perpetrated some stupid crime? Or have you busted up, like, some stupid crime? Anything to do with crime, we want to hear about yeah, it. And here it. come those prizes. What have you got for us, Ed Cavalier? Uh, Anyway, you know I've got nothing. You nothing. <laughs> He's got nothing. I call you up last night. Oh. I'm off to the finest $2 oh. shop. 
I know. Nothing at the $2 shop. No, it was, was closed. It was closed. <laughs> it was closed. It's a national radio program. Oh, we have no uh, prizes because the $2 shop uh, was closed. No. It's the only reason I wanted to come in. I wanted to see I, the prizes. I know. Well, look, you know what I'll do? Here we go. If you call, whatever you, you can request what prize you'd like today, <laughs> and I will get you the $2 shop equivalent. And have it sent out to you tomorrow. Your shaft of hope competition <laughs> is in pieces on the floor. <laughs> now the basic I, old price you're cupboard. You're right. You're actually right, Tony. I've got to pull my socks up. Like I'm not keeping my end of the bargain up here, am I? They'll be cheap socks. <laughs> Thank God you're not Father Christmas. I'm sorry I couldn't make it on oh. Christmas night. I'll be there around January with some stuff I gave some other kids that they didn't want. But right. you'll love it. Well, you tell me what you want at the end of where we have a chat, and tomorrow you will get you will get it. I'd like a pony. If you're feeling charitable, you might like to give us a call here at Get This Crime Watch on one triple three five three. That's Eskimo Joe, or Inexeskimo Joe, as I call them, here at Get This on Triple M. Black Finger Nails and Red Wine is the uh, song and the album, and Cal Wilson is sitting in with us because she loves stupid crime. I do. I'm always <laughs> committing that dumb crime. And it's Crime Watch, by the way. Hello. <laughs> There's cardboard boxes. Well done, Maddie. Maddie, genius. Uh, hello, Chris. Are you there? Yeah, hi, kiddies. How are you going? Good, thanks, man. Uh, t- talk us through the crime. Uh, look, many years ago, I knew a fellow who um, went to a Chinese restaurant to hold it up, and uh, he took a replica of a hand- handgun with him and um, to perform his armed robbery. And when the, when the restaurant owner uh, refused to give him the money and challenged him, he panicked and bolted and left the gun on the counter of the Chinese restaurant. Um, The gun had his name engraved in the handle of it. Yes. Too many questions. Okay, so why did he leave the gun? Uh, I'll 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 just leave this with you. (laughs) He was young and, you know, he was only 18 or something other, and he panicked and bolted. And, and left his gun behind. Got no money, got no Chinese food, and got no gun, and got jailed on. <laughs> In perfect crime. I love that. Dymo tapes. This is my fake gun. <laughs> uh, thanks, Chris. Hello, Glenn. Hello, am I on? Yeah, yeah, you're on, man. What's your crime? Oh, uh, well, probably about five years ago, I was sitting at um, Safeway Car Park. Yep. And um, this strange-looking bloke, oh, he would have been about 30 years old, comes, you know running out of Safeway with a trolley full, I don't know what was in it, but, um, you know, I thought, that's strange. Then all of a sudden, six sales assistants come running out, looking, going, where is he? Let's get him in. He had a good 50 metres lead on him. So I know, I knew the area, so I ducked up the back alley, and here he is, bolting down the alleyway. So I lined him up in my van, and bang, smashed, knocked him down. <laughs> Trolley's gone one way, he's gone the other way, and um, they eventually caught up with him, and he's... It was a trolley full of dishwashing liquid. <laughs> that, that was it. It was Mrs. Marsh's son. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, any, yeah. Any, uh, any, like, no, why? Why did he take dishwashing liquid? He wanted a oh. clean getaway. Oh, hey. God. Oh. Boom, boom. Hey, uh, thanks, Glenn. Glenn, what prize would you like? Oh, surprise me. 
deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you something tomorrow. Thanks, Glenn. And, and the great thing is, though, there's so few genuine opportunities to run someone over, <laughs> isn't there? And when one presents itself, be a hero. you've got to go for it. Hey, Clayton. Hey, how you going? Good, man. What have we talking us through the crime? Well, basically, uh, I was in grade five, and I decided to muzzle up to the tuck shop ladies and Good. help them out with right. their duties. So I'd sort of pleasant with them, you know. So they let me behind the counter, and yes. after 10 minutes, my friend would come up, and he'd order two hamburgers, two pies, two ice blocks, two two drinks, give me a dollar, I'd give him $10 change, and then tell the tuck shop ladies I'm peaked, leave, we'd get five bucks each and eat the food. Yes. I what was a criminal. Yeah, it's the perfect crime. And how, is this the first time you've confessed to it, Clayton? No, I've confessed to very... To confidants and close friends about it. <laughs> it started. A, I did start a spree, ah. which was initially that ended up getting broken. But I'd gotten out in time, even though I'd started it. I got out in time, so I walked free from it. You're like Mockbell. Well, the, the trick was to get in, get out. But the other yeah. guys kept it up for too long. They got greedy. They went for a yeah. killer python, and you know a few redskins as well. That's right. They went too far. You got to know when. You got to get in, do it, get out. Get your hamburgers and get out, Clayton. Which what kind of prize would you like? Oh, I'm not. Oh, whatever. Uh, one <laughs> meter lolly snake, perhaps. Uh, two hamburgers, two meat pies, two ice creams. <laughs> what a great Five spree! And see it, what I can do. Ed's taken down details of that uh, scam, and he'll be trying that out at the lunch bar <laughs> downstairs. Uh, hello, Stephen. G'day. How you going? Good man. Tell us, talk us through the crime. Okay, it was a. Um, uh, associate of mine a few years back. He used to go into um, hotels at night time and, um, and rob them. And he's gone into this uh, hotel down in the Druitt, in Mount Druitt, and he's um, gone in there at 3 o'clock in the morning and he's hit the safe. He's got the money out the safe and he's got all the grog and all the tobacco. And then he remembered that it was his doll day. His doll should be in the right. bank. So he's gone to the auto teller inside of the pub and he's 3 o'clock in the morning. The only person there, he's, um, he's punched his uh, number in and he's got his doll out at 3 o'clock in the morning. When the police arrived, 4 o'clock in the morning, they've found out the machine's been used and they looked him up and there he, there he was. <laughs> got done like a dinner. Fantastic. And he got yeah. away with it? Yeah, no, 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 no. He's done time for it. He's done time for it. There's a lesson to be learned really, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to lose the doll payments. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, that's what he's <laughs> been a good dolly. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. Uh, prize, Stephen, what would you like? I, d- I didn't hear the options. Uh, it's a, yeah. basically you tell me what you'd like and I send you the $2 shop version. Oh, donate anything, mate. Sweet. So just say, like, a car. What would you get from the $2 shop there, Ed? Car. $2 shop? Where are you going to send me to a $2 shop? No, I'm going to get it for you. It's going to do the shopping. There's things that cost more than $2 in there. $2 shop's a genre. It's a a variety gift shop. (laughs) It's a genre. To be be a fair. Give me something for the wife. Deal. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to want a full report tomorrow. And these these people are hanging on the lines. Man. We're going to take their names and addresses, yeah, and they're going to want a fantastic prize. Ye of little faith. Hello, Ross. Oh, Ross. Hey, how you going there, guys? Good. Talk us through. Um, one of my mates was taking his dog for a walk, and um, these three high school kids decided, you know, they'd rough them up a bit and have a bit of fun. The bloke was an ex-Australasian kickboxing champion. Oh, there you no. go. <laughs> Oh, no. And what happened? <laughs> Terence Hill and Bud Spencer style action. <laughs> he gave them all a slapping, you know. He's like, I didn't want to hurt them. I felt guilty. There were three of them, but they were just kids. Punch, I'm sorry. Kick, I'm really sorry. Smack, I'm really sorry. This is hurting me more than it's hurting you. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Ross, that's great. What would you like? What kind of prize would you I like? I was thinking I need a dartboard. 
A what, sorry? room happening and I need the dartboard. A dartboard? Right. A dartboard. Deal. Well, if there can be one obtained for less than $2, <laughs> Cavalier will be coming good. Uh, I feel, but that's okay. Oh, right, that's it. Okay, uh, thank you to everyone that called in. To the cheapest show on radio. <laughs> oh, is it that time? We've gone over We've had we? too much fun with Cal Wilson. Cal, will you come back and finish this conversation at some point? I'd love to. I want to see what prizes Ed gets everyone. Mm. <laughs> it's quite suspenseful. It will involve stupid crime in itself, I'm sure. <laughs> we didn't get to talk about the beer of champions of the World Cup. You know about the World Cup, Ed? Is I the... love every second of it. Oh, they're not happy with Budweiser being the uh, the beer of the World yeah, Cup? Yeah, they've got to get over it. It's only a name only. Like, you know, the German beer houses will serve their litres. Uh, cups full of whatever they want. It's only a name. No cups. It's got to be a giant thing with a lid. Yeah, oh, you couldn't Stein. remember the name. That's the one. I <laughs> yeah. Okay. A bucket with a lid. Well, thank you to everyone who called in, and uh, I think our key phrase today is, "I'll get you the equivalent from the two dollar <laughs> shop." <laughs> and we'll be back tomorrow with another movie show uh, with Lockie yes. Hughes. And call us or email us with what you want us to talk about. Thanks to Census One Two Three Four.